Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. Hey guys, James here. Wanted to let you know about our sponsor this week, 80stees.com. I suggest everyone go over and take a look at their catalog of amazing t-shirts and merchandise. Everything from 80s movies, cartoons, TV shows, music shirts, wrestling, superheroes, video games, horror, but not just the 80s. They got the 70s, 90s, early 2000s. So go on, take a look at 80stees.com. And when you get to the checkout, make sure to use promo code BFOP to get an additional 30% off. Hello and welcome back to Action Action the podcast that watches all the action movies and puts them on our big list on the BFOP network. Uh, it's the beginning of Spooktober, and as a, uh, as a special episode, we have Travis Ayers uh, on with us. Travis is known for his work on the movie uh, 2020 movie Cyst and the upcoming films Infrared and Miracle Valley. Uh, but before we get to him, I just want to bring back uh, my other hosts, James hey. and Dustin. How's it going? Good, guys. You guys are good this week? Fantastic. <laughs> Can't it's complain. October. Yeah, so we're ready for our our spooky movie fest that we do every every year. Yeah, this is always a good time of year. I say we just skip everything, our normal intros. Let's just jump right in, bring our guest on. What do you guys think? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get into talking about Cyst a little bit. Yeah. Hey Travis, we're really happy to have you with us. Yes, thank you guys. Big uh, big fan of your podcast and glad to finally make this happen. I feel like we've been talking about this forever, so I'm glad to finally be here. Thank you. Well, we really appreciate having you on. Um, do you want to tell us a little bit about you before we get into talking about your movie that you were a producer on? Yeah, so I uh, kind of got my start. I uh, went to film school in, outside of Pittsburgh. Pennsylvania at the George Romero Film School. Nice. Uh, 16-month program, super fun. Uh, it was attached to a special effects school that was ran by Tom Savini. So kind of got oh. like best of both worlds. Uh, got to see uh, you know the filmmaking side, but also the special effects side. So I've always been enamored and in love with special effects um, because of that. So after that, did a couple of small-time editing jobs, and for the longest time, I was a PR director for an independent theater in Pittsburgh called Row House Cinema. Uh, through that, I actually made a connection with CIS director Tyler Russell and lead actor George Hardy, kind of fell into that group and started out doing marketing for their movies, and from there went to producing their movies, so quick little background on myself and now i'm official uh nashville tennessee resident so living the uh, awesome. somewhat southern life 
Wow, Savini and Romero schools. I mean, that's yeah, uh, quite the combo. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, Dick uh, Smith was actually he ran the Savini program prior to Savini. Um, and then weirdly enough too, uh, Bill Heinzman, who is the original zombie in Night of the Living Dead, was a film history teacher. So a lot of like very influential like Pittsburgh uh, horror icons that kind of ran the school. So yeah, it was it was a lot of it was a really fun place and I feel like it helped early on how to interact and make connections. So that's one of the biggest reasons why I love the uh, Romero program. Wow, that's cool. That's some serious pedigree to be getting taught by all those people for sure. Oh yeah, it's like Tom. We'd be like watching. We'd be going over like the theory of like a Truffaut film, and like Tom Savini would just walk in and like show us his new gadget or something that he made. I mean, just like the, the coolest that like just you know someone that grew up with like loving like The Prowler and Friday the Thirteenth and The Burning. Like just to have him walk into a classroom and just start like bullshitting with this was yeah it was the coolest thing ever. That's awesome. Wow. I just rewatched The Burning a couple of weeks back. Uh, yeah, so uh, fun. I yeah I I mean I have a fucking tattoo of The Burning so wow, I'm that's also awesome. obsessed with it. Yeah, that was one of my first Cropsy tattoos. Cropsy maniac. Cropsy <laughs> maniac. Yeah, I know that's not the the movie for the day, but I definitely have a, a strong love for The Burning. Um, I remember it was pre. Uh, I think Amazon was still like shipping at the time, but I found this, uh, I think it was called Stumpy Discs and they sold like bootleg VHS and DVD copies of movies. <laughs> and uh, that was the way, that was the only way I could see the burning at the time. So I remember ordering it. Um, it took about a month and a half to get. And then I had a panic attack cause it arrives and it's all in like french like the cover and the back oh, is all in french and i'm like oh fuck i just fucked myself like I, I literally probably paid like 40 bucks for it waited a month and a half and thankfully knock on wood i open it up and put it in and it's it's all in english it was just the box art was in french for some reason so <laughs> wow crazy yeah and i love jason alexander so i like seeing his uh film debut in there as well yeah, he's like the cool guy in that movie. That's kind he's of the, funny to the very cool on. guy. Yeah, it's it's a little role reversal there. I, I kind of love that. Yeah. Well, speaking of cyst, you before we get into the movie that you picked, which we'll talk about in a second, you were gracious enough to send us um, screener of cyst. I'll admit, I didn't finish it. It's not really <laughs> my cup of tea. Your cup of pus. Yeah, cup of pus. <laughs> more of a blood guy, I guess. <laughs> It's limited on that. But I know James and I know James and Dustin both watched it and enjoyed it. Yeah, I had a lot of fun watching it. I uh, mean, it was it's pretty disgusting. The <laughs> that's the idea, I, and I understand that. I, I'm not normally, you know, I, I don't watch like the Doctor Pimple Popper. You know, I'm not usually into that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, it was gross on a different level like if it was blood it would be one thing but because it's not it's like a pus. it's almost more uncomfortable it's more it's uncomfortable yeah. so. i agree yeah blood i'm used to i'm not used to secretions. well here's here, here you go i was i was eating some pudding when i started oh. watching <laughs> the movie. what fucking adult man eats pudding what? this one <laughs> right here fucking freak did you i'm gonna sit down with my pudding, my pudding and pot. watch this no. pus filled goopy goodness I'm more disgusted that you just sit around and eat pudding than with the movie. Somehow my my, my, uh, my picture you of you later, eating pudding 
is grosser than cyst. Well, I've achieved something. Anyway. So you can, you know, what you could do. You could just only fans yourself eating pudding, and all these sick fucks would probably pay you money. Hey, that's an idea, actually. They probably would, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, tell us a little bit about uh, the making of cyst. Uh, and... Yeah. So cyst is a, a wild ride as far as like uh, pre-production and post-production. Production surprisingly wasn't as crazy as the pre-production and post-production. Um, so yeah, we, uh, formed a relationship a couple of years ago with German actress, uh, Eva Haberman, who was in the TV series Lex. Uh, we actually oh, kind okay. of, uh, she made a movie called under control. That was the sequel of sorts to troll two. Um, uh, but at the German version and she wanted to bring it to the U S so she actually hired myself, Tyler Russell and the other cis producer, Andy Silverman to produce the voice dubbing of Under Control. So we got a bunch of voice actors from like Dragon Ball Z. Uh, we got a couple people from the Barney series, uh, but very eclectic group of voice actors, but we got <laughs> voice actors, voice actors to dub the movie in English and help get it released in the States. So it really kicked off a great relationship between us and her. And she was actually visiting George Hardy, the, the other lead actor, and I guess they were just BSing on the on the boat the one day, and she was like, "Let's make a movie." And she looked over to Tyler, and she was like, "Do you have any movie ideas?" And he rattled off two movies, and the third movie was Cyst. Um, so we we kind of lucked out, I guess, and went with Cyst. Um, so yeah, Cyst is uh, it's loosely based on a true story. So I guess in the <laughs> 1950s, 1960s, um, doctors were kind of testing out laser technology on patients, especially dermatologists. Uh, it was a more cost-effective and quick way of removing cysts. So, you know, that idea was being toyed around with. So we, we took that idea and intensified it. And it was like, you know, what if we zap this cyst out, but it actually just becomes a monster and runs amok <laughs> this, you know, 1950s yeah. doctor's office. So there we go, we have a horror movie. Uh, we already had, you know, we, we definitely wanted to have Eva a part of the movie. So her as Patricia was like a no brainer. And then the big one, you know, we, we knew from the very, very beginning that George Hardy would have to play Dr. Guy because not only is he the dad from Troll 2, he's a full-time dentist. And it's funny because Dr. Guy is actually George's personality in real life turned up to uh, a 30 like it, it is a very weird quirky version of himself so yeah we, we always had that line so once we started assembling the cast it was kind of going with the you know the same kind of cult icon so we got uh darren ewing who is the oh my god guy from troll 2 right, uh, him yeah. and george yeah they hadn't worked together since troll 2 so it was really cool to see the the chemistry between those two um my partner, Greg Sestero, we got him in there. So, you know, from The Room, the writer of Disaster Artist, Best Friends, and what else do we have? We have Gene Jones from No Country for Old Men, The Sacrament, yeah, uh, I Hateful Eight. Him immediately, yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a true legend to me, at least. I mean, the guy has just done, done it all, you know, TV, movies, movies of all genres. And he's just such a fascinating person to be around because he's one of those, like, you know, I, I feel like I always hear stories about like OG actors being on sets and just giving like the younger actors like 
all of this information and he's he's one of those types he uh he comes to set you know with knowledge and he also shares his knowledge when it comes to his character's overall backstory so yeah gene jones really cool to work with him uh and then we got uh torin davis terry bennett katora brown uh a lot of these people we had actually worked with on a movie called texas cotton uh so a lot if you actually watch the movie texas cotton it's essentially the cyst cast with eva and greg um both completely different movies but yeah very very similar casts um kind of you know i i love telling this story because it's just like how we bounced around from locations for this movie is is crazy in itself so initially we were going to film in oklahoma uh the taxes are really good there uh mm. there's also a lot of great filming locations there and weather-wise you know december it wouldn't have been awful so yeah, we, we found a place in Oklahoma, an old uh, old hospital, literally in the middle of nowhere in Norman, Oklahoma. Uh, it was literally, it was meant to be made for our movie. Like, the, it, it was perfect. Well, a couple things happened. Uh, we actually had a, a separate effects artist attached to the project. Uh, he got called in to do something else. So we lost out pretty much our biggest key element and then we actually took a tour of the building in Oklahoma and come to find out it had asbestos in the ceiling. So we, uh, yeah, we didn't want to shoot an asbestos movie. We wanted to shoot a cyst movie. So (laughs) said no to, no to Oklahoma. Uh, then we looked at Austin because that's where a lot of the crew is from and not the greatest incentive, but also just like the cost to film in a ho- or in a hospital in Austin is just so damn expensive. Like it's outrageous. And I think the one place we had, we would have to do it after hours. So to, it just seemed like a nightmare in itself. And I, I did not, none of us wanted to go down that rail. So it's, you know, kind of luck have it. Uh, we actually had our DP and our editor have a company in Baltimore, Maryland, and they actually had access to all these studios and vacant buildings and pretty much they got us the entire crew for cyst so yeah we ended up filming cyst in baltimore maryland uh first day was december 2nd i think we wrapped on like december 21st something like that so yeah very very cold wintry baltimore (laughs) uh we didn't get any snow though that was that was kind of fun didn't get any snow uh, it was just very like bitterly cold there. So yeah, film cyst, three week shoot and we were off. Nice. I mean, it's a fun cast too, that you put together. I mean, you think about the fact you've got George Hardy from troll two and Greg Sestero from the room. And I mean, people think of those two movies, I think kind of in the same regard as being, you know, oh, yeah. two of the best worst movies, right. Uh, of all time, uh, to have them in the same movie. That's just, uh, that's an attraction right there in and of itself. Yeah. And we, we had that in mind because it was like, you know, obviously when you go into a movie, especially in pre-production, you should be thinking about the marketing of the movie. Mm-hmm. And that's like a big thing with me, especially is I want to have like a marketing plan for the next three years. Like I want to look so far ahead that I can see, mm-hmm. you know, past the film's release. And it's like, uh, there's a marketing game campaign in itself. That's, you know, the room versus troll too. Like the, that's, that's like what everyone's wanted to know. So putting those two together was, yeah, it was totally a no brainer. Um, and another actor that I actually forgot to mention is, uh, Jason Douglas does, a does a few voices on Dragon Ball Z also in Texas cotton, uh, was in the show preacher. 
did a lot of movies with Tom Cruise. I mean, th- this guy, again, another one similar to Gene Jones. He's kind of done everything, done different things. Uh, and also just a great guy. He actually came in um, very last minute. So this is really the first time this story has been told, but we uh, pretty much had all of our cast locked, uh, probably leading up to Thanksgiving. So just a couple weeks before the shoot. And originally the character of Al was supposed to be played by Tony Todd. And we actually had Tony Todd locked in and you're good to go. But yeah, he was gonna actually play Al. Well, however, a major scheduling conflict came up with him. So his agent actually reached out to me like right before Thanksgiving, I think. And, you know, unfortunately, the only way we could have worked with his schedule is if we pushed our shoot back. And that would have just been really, really bad. And we, I don't know, honestly, and too, like thinking forward, like if it would have got pushed any further, we would have been right in the beginning of COVID. And that would have really hurt the film and we probably wouldn't have been able to film it. So, but yeah, we weren't, we weren't able to kind of push the shoot back or, you know, make any changes. So lost out on Tony Todd. Uh, and then, you know, we're like, who can we get to play this role? Cause we wanted someone, you know, a tall individual, big, like booming voice. And uh, yeah, we had worked with Jason in the past and just called him, you know, he answered and he was like, yeah, of course I'll do it got on the flight and he was there in the next three or four days. So, you know, another a fun little like movie tidbit because, you know, yeah, I was Thanksgiving morning. I was still casting for this movie, which is insane. Um, <laughs> but that's, you know, that's the life I wanted. So well, it worked out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I love uh, like in the movie, all the uh, special effects, like all the practical mm. effects, like uh, a huge fan of practical effects. And, uh, I mean, you get it pretty much right away when they start popping the, the cysts. Um, but even with the creature, you know, it has like this this like whip arm or or something like. Uh, yeah, I mean, there were some shades of the thing there once the oh yeah once it starts running around on the ground and stuff. Um, yeah, and we. Then, uh, I'm like you guys. I, I'm 100%. You know, practical effects all the way you know i understand the use of special or digital effects and it it makes sense when it's needed but to me if you're going to make a a throwback horror film it it has to be practical effects totally yeah yeah good decision (laughs) yeah it's something that comes has come up a lot on our show you know you know cgi versus the practical stuff and we you know we all prefer the the good old-fashioned practical hands-on stuff you know, honest question though like does anybody prefer digital i'm sure i'm sure there must be I mean, mod- more modern it's just, audiences it's just cheaper right it's cheaper i mean you can obviously you yeah. can achieve certain things digitally that you it'll be very hard to do practically but let me you, the, how, how'd you guys do the laser effect on that that was in post yeah and it's yeah. it's funny that you mentioned that they're like is there anyone out there that prefers it um, oddly enough, so I actually, uh, through the week, I, I teach at a film school remotely. It's a, a film school for adults with disabilities. And I have a special effects class where I'll either go over a special effect or I'll have someone I know come on and do a Q&A. Uh, well, I've had a few guests that are, you know, kind of heavyweights in the special effects game. And they've been around since, you know, the early 80s. And two of them have actually said, you know, as much as I love practical effects, I actually like the digital stuff because it's easier to do. It, again, like little things like that just blew me away because that's not my mentality at all. 
but to hear it from people that like, you know, it could be taking jobs away from them to hear that is just kind of mind altering, but they always would have like a really good reason as to why they don't like it. And I'm like, yeah, that makes sense then. So, yeah, I mean, I suppose it can add a lot to your budget to do practical effects. Yeah. Oh yeah. uh, And, and it's like, he's like the person said, like it's easier um, Mm -hmm. to just do that. And, you know, you know, you mess up a take, I'm sure it's a lot harder to reset and everything like that when, you know, you put the goo back in. <laughs> put the goo, put the goo you, back. Put the goo back into the. Oh, cyst. we had a, we had a, we had a bucket of goo. We had buckets of goo. <laughs> I should say, goo. buckets of goo. Yeah, old, old paint buckets just filled with goo. Uh, it's uh, funny that the, we actually like. This is such a, uh, you know, this is kind of why I love what I do. But when we first met the effects crew, Tall and Effects in Pittsburgh. They actually laid out, they're like, okay, which, which color of pus would you guys like to go with? And it was like, it was like a pus palette. So there was like, one was a little bit more yellow. One had some orange in it. And then there was one that kind of looked like, you know, it had a little bit of blood in it. So yeah, we got to choose which pus we wanted to go with, which again, that was so much fun. Uh, Speaking of uh, incentives to come make a movie someplace, I mean, you're you're talking to people in. I was gonna say you guys live in the best places. locations. Yeah. Yeah. So if you ever want to make like a horror movie set, maybe in the Pacific Northwest, I think we're kind of the perfect place. Well, we want to do sis two sister act, so maybe Vancouver <laughs> would be the place to do that. It yeah, might be easier to... for Whoopi to fly there than it would be Baltimore. So <laughs> we've got abandoned psychiatric hospitals. Hey, that's what that's honestly, that's all we need. We don't need anything else. Well, for the second one, we need Whoopi Goldberg, but Whoopi Goldberg and then abandoned hospital. That's yeah, that's it. Yeah. She's a big get. Yeah. yeah, She'd be the, she'd be an EGOT winner in your next. She would. Yes. Or she, I might just have her play the cis monster. I don't know if she would be okay or she can voice it. You know, she could actually, she could stay in LA or wherever she lives do the recording at home and then just send it off to us. And yeah, she could be the voice of the sis. Uh, another thing I liked about the movie though, is that it sort of starts out as like a body horror kind of thing and then moves into like full on creature feature as, as we're going. And I thought that was a, a fun sort of take too. Uh, Cause you don't usually see the two blended necessarily. No. And we wanted like, and, and whenever, you know, for, for any of the listeners that whenever they get to check out sis, there is such a, a good break. And that's like one of my favorite parts about the movie. You know, you get all of the setup, you know, you see a little bit of craziness, you see a little bit of pus there's, you know, you're already getting introduced to what you could be seeing, but then there's a scene where they all go out to lunch. And then when they come back to lunch, it's just like the, the, you know, the switch had flipped. So, I, I'm a big fan of pacing, which I know I'm not a big fan of pacing of a movie we're about to discuss later, <laughs> but I really like the, the pacing of Sis. And we were kind of talking about this before the show, but, you know, uh, yeah, Sis is a 69-minute long feature. We actually, so we got a good distribution deal with Raven Banner and RLJ almost immediately after uh, we premiered at Fright Fest. Both great companies have been phenomenal. Um, and when they are actually, they were selling it to other countries, uh, we had a few countries where it actually had to be a specific length, uh, because the 69 minute runtime, you know, we needed to add time to it. So Mm. this is, you know, uh, literally like 
end of the post-production, like, you know, low on budget. And we're like, okay, well now we got to find a way to add seven to eight minutes, if not more onto our movie that's already finished. Um, so yeah, initially we kind of thought like, well, maybe we can do like a Rod Sterling start type, like introduction, you know, cause it does have like a twilight zone feel, uh, and have someone like, uh, Elijah Wood or, you know, someone that's kind of new to the horror world, but also loves it. Uh, we were kind of tossing around that idea, but then you have to yeah. really, you literally have to reopen your budget because if you get someone that's SAG, you know, you have to go back in and potentially pay actors more even when they're not filming. So there, there's just a lot of little things that went into that and it was just expensive. Um, we didn't really have anything to extend. So there's no like extended scenes. So the version that is going to come out, I believe in certain countries uh, will actually have the blooper reel attached to it. Oh, so okay. oh, okay. there's a post-credit blooper reel in the other version, which I'll be sure to send you guys because I didn't even think yeah, about I that. So that. yeah, there is <laughs> there is a, a longer version of Cyst and it's just, you know, yeah, three to four minutes of bloopers. Well, nice. So before we move into your, your pick this week, do you want to tell everybody where they can watch this movie? When or when? So, <laughs> yes, when. Um, if I was to guess, I feel like a good, uh, you know, a good when will probably be sometime early next year. So we're looking, you know, maybe January to March timeframe, somewhere in there. Um, it could also come out sooner than that. Kind of uh, up in the air right now. I know COVID hurt a lot of kind of plans uh especially with like marketing plans and stuff like that so yeah. you know and, and especially like you know you guys have seen sis now and uh yeah i think it's it's a theater it's a theater movie so you know i would personally really like to get cyst into all of these art house theaters across the u.s just because i know you know it has that troll too has that room room mm -hmm. feel to it and when you see those movies with an audience, it's just, you know, it's more than an experience. So I'm hoping to achieve that with Cyst. So, yeah, just kind of be on the lookout. Um, you know, I would say uh, a better timeline would probably be early next year. Um, but in the meantime, uh, I have a movie coming out called Miracle Valley, uh, the first directorial debut of Greg Sestero. It's about a rare blood mm -hmm. cult. Uh, pretty wild stuff. Um, and then uh, another movie with, with Greg Sestero and a uh, director by the name of Robert Living is called Infrared. And it's a found footage movie that stars Greg. So, you know, that's that's another kind of genre I've, I've fallen in love with the, over the past couple of years is found footage. So was really excited to, to be a part of a found footage movie. Well, that's, that's awesome. Exciting. And if you keep us up to date, I mean... We have a few followers and we'll make sure that we let them know exactly where they can watch it when it's available. Yeah, I think yeah. there's already somebody on Instagram wondering where. Yeah, I actually had posted uh, on Facebook on a, a grindhouse group I'm a part of that I was watching this movie and I put a picture of the poster and a lot of people were like, what is this? Where can I watch it? And uh, I was like, oh, well, I don't think it's out yet, but uh, hopefully soon. So. Yeah. yeah. So oh, I can... should actually mention. Uh, I guess if you're if someone is really craving the uh, to see cyst to see some pus, uh, it's actually <laughs> being released in Germany next month. Um, there's a separate distribution deal with Germany, so okay. there's actually going to be a Blu-ray Blu steelbook coming out in Germany next month. So you know it's technically being released, but I feel like for U.S. Canada this side. 
we are probably not going to see it until the spring. But, you know, don't quote me on that. But definitely for the audience's member, stay tuned to the social media of these guys. Awesome. Well, I think it's time to get into our movie of the week. So you brought us pretty interesting film that I don't think any of us had ever heard of before. Uh, It was 1986's Hunter's Blood. Get ready for the killing season in Hunter's Blood. One of you sons of bitches wants to die first. Only this season, the hunters will become the hunted. They knew where we were. We'll be fighting them right this minute. Where the law of the land is, do unto others. Before they do unto you. Starring Samuel Bottoms. Blue Gulliger and Kim Delaney. Hunter's Blood. I'll read the little bio here on IMDb. Five city boys travel to the country to relax by doing some hunting, drinking, but drinking, bud. drinking bud. Oh yeah, I guess they drink Budweiser. And generally having a good time. However, the local inbred backward psychos <laughs> turn the hunters into the hunted, and they need all the ammo and wits they have to get out of the woods alive. So this movie is, uh, like I said, it's uh, 1986, directed by Robert Hughes, uh, written by Emmett Al- Alston and Jarek Cunningham, based on a novel. Um, some of the people in it are... Sam Bottoms, uh, Kim Delaney, Clue Gallagher, Ken Swolford, Joey Travolta. <laughs> the, good list, one. the list goes on. The good Travolta. <laughs> the good tra- oh. uh, yeah. So can you just tell us a little bit about your relationship with this movie uh, and why you 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 asked us to watch it? <laughs> so, yeah, this, uh, you know, I think the first time I saw this movie, I was probably in either late early high school so maybe like a freshman in high school and every sunday i would go to the video store uh they had a deal where you could rent five movies for five bucks so every time you know i'd go and do something different uh i would usually split it up so i would do like three horror movies an action and a comedy um at the time uh and even to this day i'm obsessed with you know backwoods horror movies hillbilly horror movies uh, survival movies, like mm. anything that kind of falls under that weird subgenre umbrella. And, you know, uh, prior to that, I had seen Deliverance, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. I just love everything about that movie except for the one scene. Um, <laughs> the other one that I watched was Rituals, which I actually, mm, yeah. I kind of put up there with Deliverance. I mean, there's been yeah. times where I've watched Rituals and I'm like, it's kind of better than Deliverance. Um, but yeah, that's, that's another one. And that was filmed up in your, was that Canada? I think? Uh, I'm, I'm not positive on where it was shot, but I, I, I watched that like last year, I think for the first time. And I really enjoyed that. That's Hal Holbrook, right? In that one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's really well done. Uh, yeah, it's, but yeah, definitely deliverance vibes, right? Oh, for sure. Deliverance vibes. And it's just like, instead of businessmen, they're all doctors. Um, but for those of you who haven't, like, there's a, there's a really good twist to it. And I think that's kind of why, you know, when I watch back, I think rituals is slightly better. 
another one is Southern Comfort, which is good. And yeah, that led me to Hunter's Blood, which I believe was in the horror section when I rented it. So I, you know, I read the back of it and it's like pretty much what you guys just said, like backwoods, bud, friends, <laughs> violence. I mean, like everything was just, you know, okay. I was like, this is perfect. So yeah, I, I watched it. Um, you know, I, I vaguely remember the first watch. It's one of those ones that like, as weirdly as I'm obsessed with it, it's one of those ones where it's like, I cannot remember the first viewing at all. So after that, you know, I went back to it, uh, bought it on VHS, watched it several times more. Uh, it's now on YouTube as well. So, and that's really, that's the only place to watch it too. So like, if you yeah, have there's it, no, there's no Blu-ray release or anything of this. Yeah. No, you have to kind of hold on to it as if it's like this grail that, you know, if it goes away, you're never going to see it again. So, yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I think I just fell in love with this because I have a weird taste when it comes to, you know, I like the the bootleg versions of things. So like, you know, almost right. like bootleg, bootleg Bart Simpson. Like I, I like the, <laughs> you know, the bootlegs. So, you know, to me, Hunter's Blood is a bootleg of movies like Southern Comfort, Deliverance and Rituals. So, so I yeah, really it's, like it's that. It's kind of yeah. a lost, uh, a lost movie. It's, it feels like one of those movies that, you know, like Vinegar Syndrome will put it out like next year or something. Yeah, <laughs> but, totally. but for now, uh, nobody kind of like, I haven't even heard of this before and, I'm pretty nerdy. I, I know a lot yeah. of this. <laughs> I, I I think that's one of the the sad things that has like I guess one of the hopes that had never come to realization is that I remember back when YouTube and videos were just starting, and I would like download, I would download like really slow internet copies of like the GI Joe like meme you know the yeah yeah the gi like joe videos yeah because i was like oh fuck like i'm never gonna be able to have this again but i have the ability to download it and then it, it gets to the point where you have all these outlets that everything just kind of lives on forever and you think oh, okay well i don't have to really worry about it anymore eventually everything's going to be available and then you realize that no there's just a whole new set of gatekeepers who are just keeping things holding things back and it's just too bad they, I don't, I don't know how, obviously you would know more about this than I do, how video, like, sorry, film ownership works and stuff like that. But you'd think if this is just owned by some company, Hunter's Blood, right? Well, just sell it. Just sell it to somebody else. Well, let somebody's got to want to buy it first, let, right? Let's, I'll, I don't know how much it costs. Sell it to, just sell it off. <laughs> it's like a mix pack of like trading cards. Just sell it off with a bunch of other stuff that nobody else wants right now. Well, it's like how many of these movies though, yeah. that didn't make the transition. Right, never even made the jump from like VHS to DVD. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah it's really sad. Yeah, and like to elaborate on that a bit, uh, from what I've understood for you know companies like Vinegar Syndrome, uh, it seems like the hardest part a lot of times is you know obviously tracking down the people involved, but tracking down the prints. Um, the prints I know yeah. I, I had talked to the director of the, the found footage movie, the McPherson tape, and the original copy was actually like burnt. So like they had made copies. It was in a building, a warehouse. Warehouse got fire, completely gone. So they had to piece together kind of what they had. And I that's been probably the the hardest part for some of these places. Because you know when I looked into it prior to to our chat today, I, I, it was like Concord Pictures, which. I believe was a, a Roger Corman property. So like okay. I'm, I'm assuming there's probably another company that owns that. 
And I feel, you know, that's probably easy information to track down from their side. But yeah, I, I also kind of wonder like how hard it is to actually buy the rights or obtain the rights to some of these older movies. Cause you know, I'm not really sure. Yeah. You could be buying the rights to Hunter's blood and remaking it in <laughs> something I think about every British day. Columbia. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's, that's literally my goal now. <laughs> so, yeah. So, uh, you were telling us before we started that this is kind of just like a comfort movie for you. Yes. <laughs> uh, probably the oddest thing I'll ever say out loud. That's even after making a movie called Sist. Um, yeah. So for, uh, probably like a year or so. And to this day, like a lot of people have these comfort movies, you know, sometimes you get like the Disney movies or like, uh, you know, some Halloween movies that you watch as a kid, like maybe like a hocus pocus, something that like makes you feel good and helps you go to sleep or whatever. So mine is this movie, um, really <laughs> fucked up to say, but for, I've probably fallen asleep to this movie over a hundred times. There is absolute no exaggeration in that number there the number might be more so that's the real the real kicker um but yeah so it's like i think it's just so the pacing which i know we'll talk about but it's just so slow paced for that first hour or so i think it's just like calming <laughs> to me i don't know and the the score like there's this you know uh backwoods country like rock soundtrack that you would hear at a bar like they would go to in the yeah. movie yeah. so yeah shit kicker bar and it's just like i don't know there's a lot of those things that resonate with me so it was just like yeah somehow turned into a comfort movie um and like dude, there was even a time where i was having like on the verge of a panic attack and just couldn't get to sleep because i was like had a million things going on in my head I put on Hunter's blood and I'm not even kidding. I kicked out of a panic attack because I fucking put on Hunter's blood. So like, yeah, this makes, yeah, this movie is one of those ones for me. This makes total sense. When I started dating my wife, she used to fall asleep to a VHS copy of fathers of the bride, father of the bride. So, yeah. I mean, you know, What's the mm -hmm. difference? What's the difference? One's about yeah, Hunter's blood, uh, fathers of the bride, backwards psychos. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, it's a calming uh, has a calming effect. I mean, I understand <laughs> like you have that comfort movie. Uh, I mean, we talk about John and I talk mm. about uh, a particular Christmas movie, Trapped in Paradise. Have you ever along. seen that movie? Oh yes, yes, most definitely. I've seen that yeah. movie. And uh, <laughs> we love we love we that love that movie. Uh, we've seen that movie so many times. Yeah, we used to watch it like every day during like Christmas. Yeah like break <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's like comedy on another level um <laughs> it's transcendent for us <laughs> but the only other person i've ever talked about that movie or like you know person famousy i guess is paul f tompkins no really? talked about it how he liked it oh yeah and he also talked about the wrong guy have you ever seen the wrong guy dave foley it's a nice so i love dave foley but yeah oh, okay you gotta go guy. check it out yeah, the wrong guy is really go funny. check out the wrong guy it's a it's a comedy dave foley is, thinks he's well somebody's committed a murder he thinks the cops are after him he ends up trying to flee but Nobody, runs the same path like, as the actual killer <laughs> but no one's actually after him it's pure pure gold i yeah, love maybe. it jennifer tilly and joe Oh, Joe Flaherty's in it? Okay, yeah. You you guys got me hooked. I'm definitely checking uh, this out. I'd love to hear what your, your thoughts are on that. But 
Yeah, so this movie like kicks off kind of er- erotically. Erotically, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the first is really erotic when you see those. Uh, I mean, what what does the the IMDb say? Uh, the inbred backwoods psychos. When the, the old lady is it an old lady that's like coming into like the house and there's like mm-hmm. people fucking in the corner. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Get a nice close and, up of it. Yeah, and then it shoots over to. Uh, oh, I should say that we watch this on YouTube. So, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if there's not necessarily the, the greatest. Or, uh, yeah. It, picture, but so uh, there's that, and then there's this this very erotic scene in the bath in the shower that starts off with uh, our lead just rubbing his tummy. <laughs> While sexy music <laughs> plays, I'm like, "What the fuck is going on here?" Uh, so, speak to why that's your favorite scene. <laughs> well, I'll I'll do a, another step odder. So, yes, this movie does stop start out with Sam Bottoms rubber lathering up his chest, all soapy and everything. Um, there's another weird movie, and it there's all these kind of Kevin Bacon seven degree bullshit tie-ins. But there's another movie called Raw Courage with ronnie cox and uh who was in deliverance so i guess that kind of makes that connection the movie starts off with him lubing up his feet with vaseline and it's like a good like two minute like it's the opening (laughs) credits it's only him kind of lubing up his feet with vaseline because he's a runner like I kind of those two kind of pop in my mind, but yeah, you didn't have I, to say like, he was a runner. We obviously knew. Well, hey, it could be it could be a different movie. You never know. Rocker. It's actually Dustin's OnlyFans page. That's going to be his. <laughs> I got to have a bit of a foot thing. I'm like a Tarantino in that regard. Actually, instead of vast, it's going to be put in. <laughs> but yeah, we so it starts out there, and we we get okay. There's this guy is going to go on a hunting trip with his his old man and his friends buddies yeah. some other old man that he really looks up to his old man's also the uh toughest goddamn son of a bitch you've ever met yes. clue clue Gulliger. he's yeah. fucking awesome in this he from, is, uh, he return, is awesome. of, return of the living dead he's like the only real badass in the group yeah by a long shot because uh you know the ken ken swoford he talks a lot of shit in this movie uh, but he doesn't really back it up. It turns out he's kind of a, a wimp. We find out as we go along. Oh, he can drive like a he can drive like a hot damn though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He drives yeah, like Bronco. a good boy. Yeah. Is it, at one point, this movie actually does just turn into a fucking Ford like a, Bronco like commercial. Like a Duke's a hazard. Or it's a two. Or it's a yeah. It's a two minute Ford Bronco commercial at like the 15, 20 minute mark of this movie. Well, yeah, he's got to like jump the ravine or the creek or something to get away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's after. Which so is, they, oh, go ahead. Yeah, it's sorry. It's uh, during, and I just realized this, like, so the 175th time I saw this, um, that, so Billy Bob Thornton is listed in the credits. And yeah. as many times as I've seen this movie, I'm like, I couldn't where pick the him fuck out. is he? Uh, someone pointed this out online, actually, and I had to, like, freeze frame it for a second. So, during this Bronco commercial that you guys were talking about when they're, you know, off-roading, there is a truck following them with the hillbillies from the bar. And right. Billy Bob is actually, from the internet, is the one that is driving the truck. So oh, I guess okay. that's his appearance in the movie, but it's literally like the snap of a finger and he's gone. But yeah, so according okay. to the internet, I kept, I kept looking for him the amongst the, um, the ones that we meet later that live in the woods. That's what and... I always thought, too, yeah. 
uh well yeah so once they get going on their hunting trip then they stop at that bar to like buy some beer because for their god trip. shit they forgot they forgot the beer I mean, who forgets the beer on a trip well, like this? he's like, oh, I know a place to pick up beer on the way or something. Because he's been down there before, right? So he has yeah. been down yeah. there before, but he doesn't yeah, know anything about way. these crazy fucks? Well, it's posted land, John. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot. I forgot it. Um, yeah, because this, this is supposed to be on the Arkansas border, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, all the things I've heard about, like, on the Arkansas border is that you just don't go. <laughs> to the Arkansas yeah. border Like there's no fucking way Like I I, there, I was on TikTok a while ago And somehow I got down this rabbit hole Of people just talking about like The haulers and like all this stuff And they're like oh yeah I'm from there It's like you do not go to these places They're like you just don't go into certain Like swaths of Forested area because you don't know who's in there And I'm like, yeah, okay, that was enough to convince me to never go there. And then this movie comes, and I'm like, no, guys, like, fucking run. This is not where you want to be. Well, that's the other thing, too, is that they have so many opportunities to leave and decide, you know what, let's call it. Let's call this trip. It's going really badly. Let's go home. Yeah, it's like, hell no, this is my land. This is this is absolute, like, pinnacle white male privilege just to be like no you don't understand this is posted land and um i'm a lawyer and i'm a big rich businessman and i'm going to be a doctor and then well the other lawyer that guy's a the guy with the camera the guy with the camera (laughs) just straight up sucks was joey travolta the the camera one marty he's the camera guy yeah 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 he's the camera guy yeah Mm -hmm. yeah oh i thought he was the other guy no no he's not the other kind of cool guy I thought he was the son of the of Coleman, or is it Coleman? No, he's the he's the camera guy that almost gets him killed in the you know one of the very like, first scenes, right, he's taking yeah. pictures like it's fucking National Geographic. From Marty Adler. <laughs> yeah, they've all got like I don't know what this supposed to be like barbecue sauce all over their faces and stuff, and he's like leaning <laughs> out the window just like snapping off shots over and over, and they're like, "Man, don't do it, don't do it." He's like, "Oh, what? It's fine, it's fine. <laughs> we can do what we uh, want." <laughs> But then even when they do that, so then they're at the bar and they go in like they they go in like nothing just happened. Like there's not going to be any consequences for these two. I would just be like, I'd be gone. First of all, I'd never go. But (laughs) (laughs) but uh, they just walk in like there's going to be no consequences and. And uh, old Sam Bottom starts. Is he the one that starts spinning his tail? Yeah, he starts telling yeah. the the, the waitress about how he's Bruce Springsteen's cousin, <laughs> stuff like that. And she's just eating it up. She got the Tootsie Pop. Yeah, she's into it. Uh, I don't think she knows that Bruce's politics though, because I don't know if she would have been a fan otherwise. <laughs> but um, yeah, she that does seems... know that they have Bud. They 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 don't got Schlitz. They've got Bud. So. Yeah. All oh, right. He's like, have you got anything other than Schlitz? What? So is yeah, Schlitz like a? Bud. Isn't Schlitz like a Texas beer? It's like yeah. It's like a, a southern like domestic beer. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have it up here. But I whenever I think of Schlitz, I always think of Texas for some reason. Hmm. Yeah, like Lone Star is like a big one down there. But yeah, Schlitz hmm. is like kind of like a PBR type beer. Yeah. Is it still around? Um, fantastic question. I feel like it might be. <laughs> I think it I might have like a seltzer on. out now or something, but yeah, I Everybody feel like it might be out there. Right. Yeah, exactly. Schlitz seltzer. I need I need Schlitz seltzer in my life. <laughs> so what? Uh, so now, why is this your favorite scene? 
I actually, I, so I love the, the Bruce Springsteen story. That to me is the best thing ever. Um, it's just like him trying to like get a laugh out of the boys. Really love that. Uh, and weirdly enough, you know, I, I, there's so many good actors in this movie, but they all have like weird roles. So I feel like it's, it's hard to really pick them out. Clue to me is the, definitely the standout of the entire yeah. movie mm-hmm. as far as actor goes. But I, I also kind of like the naiveness of the bartender. Like it really captures that kind of like backwoods bartender role and just has this weird sense of humor. Um, but yeah, no, I actually really do like this scene. And then the fight scene that stems from this whole Bruce Springsteen story uh, is even more insane. And that's when you really get to see Clue's kind of badassery, yeah. um, well, which up is to really point- cool. Up to that point, I didn't necessarily think that Clue was going to be like the one who was like the tough guy. He's just, he's pretty fucking old already at this point in the movie. Um, but also, you know, because uh, Al Coleman, the Ken, Ken Swafford character, he because he keeps peeking off. I'm thinking he's going to be the tough one that's going to want to have a fist fight. But no, Clue is the guy that's like, yeah, come at me with your knife. I'm, yeah, I mean, it's just he- like what was what were they thinking was going to play out there? I mean. who knows and it's just crazy like how quick it escalates too because it's just like you know knives are out arms are broken but yeah it is it's really weird because you do not in the least bit during this whole introduction of all these characters expect clue to be the one that hasley's like you know seagal-esque skills um but yeah so you know the fight scene happens and you know, yeah, the, you know, what are the chances that they're going to follow them? So they leave and they get followed. We get our Bronco story or our Bronco commercial, I should say. And yeah, we're, we're kind of off to the woods after that. So, but that one guy, he, he owns the Razorback meat company. Oh yeah. So yeah, that, oh, you might as well explain, you know, the movie a lot better than I do. I just watched it once. yeah and like i again like i feel like i watched this movie for specific reasons and this was like within the past year when i'm falling asleep to this movie there'll be little things that i'll pick up on and this razorback meatpacking was one of them um there's a a very key plot point that happens at the very end of the movie that i never made the connection to until very recently and you know because in my mind it happened it ended a very different way but yeah, so there's this meat packing company. Um, basically, they're they're basic they're working together. It's a bunch of backwoods people, you know, backwoods business people and backwoods hunter people. The hunters are poaching all of these animals and shipping them off, and then they're being, you know, they're making money on this meat packing company. Right, because there's a line selling about, this poached meat. Yeah, there's a line about using they're shipping deer meat to one of the major fast food chains to be used in their mm-hmm. burgers or something yeah. like that. So. Yeah, but it, it kind of plays out through, well, it plays out through the movie all the way to the end where even on the train it says on the back. Yes, we've, we yeah. that's the sort of, you know, horror surprise ending kind yeah. of thing that happens at the I, end. But yeah, we'll get... I really like that touch. I thought that actually <laughs> elevated the movie like a lot higher. As soon mm-hmm. as as soon as they showed that insignia on the back, it was like, oh, okay. It's like, oh no. shit, okay, what's like, gonna these, happen these now? Guys, these guys actually <laughs> know what's up. Um, can I? So when well, we're at the point now where they're setting up their base camp and all that kind of stuff, and I need to ask an honest question because I do not know. Um, earlier in the movie, they're talking about guns, what guns they're bringing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the one character. Uh, uh, 
Travolta. I think he brings a Magnum, which is a, I understand is a handgun. Mm-hmm. But do you hunt deer with a shotgun? I thought you hunted deer mm-hmm. with a rifle. Should be a rifle. Yeah, shotguns. Yeah, yeah kind of unwritten law. Like, you know, yeah, you don't want to have too much power when you are hunting deer because, yeah, you'll literally just blow the deer to bits. Um, two of them do Very carry, illegal. Two of them bring shotguns. Yes. Yeah, one, because the when they first are tracking their very first deer, uh, the, the one guy is going to take his shot, and he has, like, one of those old-school double barrels, you know, that only has two shells in it. And he's it's gonna, like the elephant gun from Jurassic Park 2. <laughs> uh, and he's going to take his shot, and then, of course, uh, you know, annoying fuckface Travolta. Uh, Travolta there, Marty, he takes a shot instead with his rifle and scares the deer away, and he may have hit it. I mm. mean... I've never hunted before, but I know enough not to try to shoot someone else's deer. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I've seen uh, enough he, Marty is supposed to be like the annoying guy, right? No, man, Marty yeah. shot animals in Canada. Yeah, that's that's what he boasted about. <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, so, so that explains that I wasn't I wasn't wrong. He, you aren't supposed to. Yeah, I don't think it's generally yeah. the idea. Okay. I also love their camp because there's like one guy has some kind of like lean to thing and then no everybody else just <laughs> under, sleeps the stars, under the stars, man. right? Mm. I had so. to sleep on the fucking ground like that. There's like snakes and shit everywhere. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> snakes and rapist yeah. psychos. So is is the is the point of them talking about how they're bringing shotguns is that supposed to imply that they're not imply is that supposed to be like a sign that they're they don't belong they're not true hunters like maybe they're not ready for their city trip. slickers city slickers or- yeah i i, I kind of get that feel like because really when you watch it none of them i mean there's really no hunting from their end they keep saying well okay now they're gone now we can get back to hunting but there's really no hunting that necessarily happens and yeah i think even in the car it, there, it just seems like there's a conversation that's going and it's just like they're all kind of in over their heads but they have these guns and they have beer and they have the broncos he's bought the so land like, he's bought the land so they, they of kind posturing. of have this yeah there's there's this additional ego that comes along with that so yeah I, I really genuinely i mean if i was to analyze it as a as a professor i'd be like yeah none of these guys are real hunters you know they're just going out and being city slickers I mean, maybe Clue. Clue might have done some hunting. Clue might have done something. Yeah, Clue's Clue's done stuff with knives before. Yeah, he's hunting the most dangerous game. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. He's just always ready to throw down. That guy does. Hey, hey, he doesn't fuck around. He looks like he's old enough to be a grandfather in this fucking thing. You saying a grandfather can't fight? I don't know. know. Grandfather's seen some (laughs) shit. <laughs> I mean, well, I guess he, you know, Charles Bronson uh, was an old man shooting people up. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So why not Clue? So they missed the deer. It's uh, it's not going great for them. Well, and then they meet those rangers. <laughs> yeah, those rangers that are real on edge and pull their guns on them and stuff. <laughs> they're like, they're like the typical cops. They just want to like. Well, the one anyway kind of seems like he just wants to find a reason to shoot them or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, why why don't they just be like more straight up about what's going on? They're kind of like, <laughs> hey, you don't want to be caught out here after dark. But they're not like, 
hey, listen, there's a group of people that <laughs> these yeah, guys will, live in the woods. These guys will shoot you they and will fuck kill the you. Holes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you need to get the fuck out of here, guys. Like, seriously, and we're going to follow like, you back to your camp. We're going to watch you pack your shit out. You don't understand. Watch you it's leave. posted land, officer. <laughs> they can't fucking read, bud. Get out. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, this falls into the whole like if people were just honest with each other thing. So my whole Harry Potter, why I have a problem with Harry Potter, it's like if you just told the truth at the beginning, you wouldn't have to do all this shit. <laughs> now you're dead and your fucking head is hanging from a tree. Okay, that's on you. Yeah. You should have told that me. Okay, yeah. Now that's jumping ahead a little bit, but wait. I got confused at that part. Whose head was that supposed to be? That's the more calm. The oh, like calm. professional, sh- not the, cause I feel like they allude to the other one as like the nervous rookie, but it's yeah. just like, yeah, it's a weird, you know, typical cop dynamic, but yeah, the, the head is the more confident, knowledgeable yeah. cop oh, that okay. doesn't give okay. them knowledge. Yeah. yeah. He's, he's the one that they, they, uh, they ambush. And they take mm-hmm. him, whereas the other guy gets shot and he gets like dragged off like it's a old Western. I got to be honest, though. I thought there was going to be a whole angle where it was going to be like they were cannibals and they were going to sell the human meat. So did I. For the hamburgers and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, would have been a good twist. I don't think that they were quite particular in what kind of meat went into the, you know, grinder. I think they would have sold clean the, about it. They would have <laughs> sold. Uh, they would have sold some some human meat in some there human too. Meat. I don't think they. Well, cared. they would have fucked the human meat first, but <laughs> well, they fuck, fuck it, it and then they yeah. cut it up and then they, and then they kill I, it. Yeah, they, I mean, they talk about how they're going to rape them multiple they times. They make it very yeah. clear on the first camp visit yeah. how they're going to fuck. Them. That's, that's true. They do. Yeah. Yeah. So we got them visiting the camp now. Yeah. I look. I, I think that um, I love this stuff. Like where the crazies come out. And there's always like one guy that's like the most inbred crazy. And there's always like the one guy that's like, it's like he, he's the only one that gets to breed outside of like, you know, out of the circle, outside the circle. (laughs) And he's like the brains of the operation. I can see see that red beard. beard. Yeah. Yeah. Red beard. I think he's just the toughest out of the group. That's all. Well, he also had like, yeah, he was the leader. He was like the leader guy, but the but yeah, the was one crazy per, guy that you know, boy? is he the insane one? I don't know what the names were, but he's like giggling all the time Travis and stuff. Bruce, yeah, Bruce Glover. Uh, I don't think Crispin Glover's dad, name. by the way. Yeah, Crispin Glover's dad, uh, Bruce Glover. Uh, it's in, I think Chinatown was really his big breakout role. Um, but yeah, one he eye. plays the yeah, he's the the lunatic one. Uh, his laugh in the movie sticks with you the whole damn movie. It doesn't go away. Uh, it's just like this weird, like redneck witch cackle. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's, he really has the most, definitely has the most personality out of the group of rednecks. Yeah, I mean, Billy, um, Billy Drago yeah. gets, gets some, uh, some good stuff in there. Yeah. He gets to shine. He gets, he gets some knife action. Uh, Billy Drago, who we last saw in uh, Martial Law 2, Undercover, he was the bad guy in that movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so he does He does get a couple moments, too. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's a good ensemble. Like, the actors are not are not bad by any means. You've got some fun little performances happening throughout the movie. I think the person I've seen that's in this movie that I've seen in the most other things is uh, Mickey, Mickey Jones, Washpot. Yeah. That guy, I remember the first yeah, time I saw him was in, uh, in, an, in Home Improvements when I was a kid. Yep. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's in the band. He's yeah. in uh, the tool time band. Yeah. Yeah. And then he's in everything. He's in justify. Like he goes total recall. Yeah. He's in tons of shit. Yeah. Uh, he's one of those guys. Whenever you see him, you're like, Oh, that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is he in sons of anarchy? Looks oh, like he seems like be. he should be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He seems like he totally should be. Yeah. Yeah. I know he was in uh there's an episode of Roseanne that I recently watched that he was in. So he was definitely like, he was making the rounds in the, the sitcoms, especially in the nineties, but he was, yeah, no, I love that you brought up home improvement. Cause that's, that's my memory of him too. Yeah. He's in fucking, it's always sunny workaholics, Eagle heart. Damn. This guy gets around. What a resume. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and he gets to have some stuff kind of late in the movie. He's sort of one of the ones that we focus on a little bit more well, when we're getting to the to closer to the end. But I mean, I'm, I think I'm starting to turn on this movie a little bit, guys. <laughs> You're warming up to I'm it. Warming up to it. <laughs> Travis I, is so affecting you. What, they, yes. what I'm thinking about now is something that I really appreciate about the film is that, and we can get to each one. Maybe but we don't want to drag on too long, but there's a lot of like bad guys that get a moment. Yeah. And yeah. I'd say a lot more than in your typical, you know, action movie. Like they all get like an actual scene, a moment, like mini boss fights. Right. Yeah. And some of them are more than others, but it's pretty, I mean, it's, it's good on the filmmakers. I mean, I do like how these bad guys get killed. I mean, the one awkward knife just straight into the throat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like then slow, slowly though, like. And then the other one like blows his head off, and then you see. Yeah, he shoots the one guy. Yeah, blows the guy's face away. No, I supposed to jump back, so we're all over the place here. Travis, you need to keep us on. <laughs> you're a, hey, I'm let, I like where you guys are going. You're you're, you're starting the, to like the movie, so yeah. hey, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to stop you. He's kind of just like letting us talk ourselves into it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. It they, does take a while for this it takes whole an thing. Hour. To, it takes like an hour for things to really start rolling yeah. properly, uh, which I guess is why you've you know you've got that whole hour to fall asleep before the mayhem mm-hmm. <laughs> really yeah, starts it is, kicking it in. It is slow. Um, one thing I will say though, it's like, <laughs> I and I always like think about this too, but it's like these guys are so persistent and like down to hunt, you know, because. I feel like the, there's there's so many yeah. encounters with yeah. these with these rednecks, uh, and then yeah, the, the even the one point where they fight them off, you know, Clue comes in with the gun, scares them off, and then there's the other scene where the the two officers take them away, and each time after it ends, they're like they look at each other and like, well, you want to go home? And they're like, no, we're we're no, here, we're, we're here to hunt, we're here to hunt, we're here to hunt, yeah, yeah. And just smoke, like smoke grass and yes, <laughs> gamble. But they, yeah, that's what, I mean, that's the thing. They don't ever give up. They're persistent. No, they yeah, just want to hunt. Just want to hunt some fucking deer, man. Jesus. And keep just, getting interrupted by these fucking backwoods. It feels like they're all trying to like, they all want to go home, maybe deep down. But they're all like, no, I got to <laughs> no, hunt. hunt. Well, yeah, Marty hunt. definitely wants to go home. Like he's Marty like, will, why he did I come? Why yeah. did I come on oh, this he's, trip? <laughs> he's the, the camera guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's a city slicker. I think there yeah. should have been like a funny joke at the end where they're like, I guess we didn't get to do much hunting. He's like, I got a few bucks. <laughs> and then freeze frame. <laughs> I mean, this is a different movie, I'm thinking of, but. <laughs> We have a, we have a habit of, uh, t- uh, you know, talking about how the movie should have gone in our minds. 
I mean, um, I like that one-liner to end it, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah, once they, uh, you know, they're in the camp in the middle of the night, and then that's when we first encounter the rednecks, and they're, you're like you're saying, James, the one guy's like, yeah, I'm going to fuck you and all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to fuck this one. This one yeah. looks pretty. I'm going <laughs> to cut your head and fuck the hole. I don't know what they say. So, stuff like that. Pretty close to that. Pretty close to that, yeah. And then Clue, like you said, she, he cares, she scares them off with the shotgun. Um, and they're like, well, all right, guess, uh, we'll just go to sleep now. And then tomorrow we'll go hunting. Like I would be oh, like, so we're where, getting the fuck out of here. Where were they? Were they just night hunting or were they like out just exploring? I'm looking for, uh, yeah. Looking for things to fuck. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. They, 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 they were like, they're gone. They, they wake them up. One guy wakes the other guy up and they're like, okay, we're just going to dip for a while. Let's go. I don't know. Investigate the trees. <laughs> And they come back at the right time to save them, but like, where were they? I want to know that. I get no. I, get, I think they heard. Yeah, I think he heard. heard Clue heard something, and he wanted to leave so that they would have the drop uh, on them. Yeah. yeah. Um, I do question um the girlfriend driving two hours down to. Oh meet. yeah, because he tells her at the beginning. Yeah, just come. The boys won't care. Just that's come his, on down and that's meet so me. So irresponsible of him. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah. But I, I like how and they like, like. Go ahead. I don't think she would like in reality. I mean, yeah, maybe she would have done that, but I'm glad that you brought that up. Cause that is one big thing as, you know, as much as I love this movie, uh, it just didn't make any sense. I mean, they could have easily done without her. I know there's the whole angle where, you know, yes, the, I mean, the rednecks kidnap her. It's only so they can have that put her in peril situation. later. Yeah. On. And like, you know, uh, she was a fine enough actress, but like, I, I just, you know, again, if I was to make a complaint about the movie, it would probably be her addition just because like, they're just using her as an actress just to be like, okay, well, we're going to have you come back later in the movie. And mm-hmm. just, I don't know. It, it's just kind of like a damsel in distress type thing. And mm-hmm. you know, oh, 100%, yeah, because they, they, this crazy. is once they've got Sam Bottoms tied to that, like, I don't know, fucking house on the raft yeah, or they something have him tied to the, <laughs> I, the dock or whatever. I do want to say, um, I didn't realize how horrible backwoods hillbillies are at tying people up <laughs> because <laughs> it should be like literally the thing they're best at. Yeah. Every moment when they tie somebody up, they just easily twist out of it. No problem. I mean, he he reaches up like he's going to bite the rope. Yeah, he's or using like his teeth or know. something to undo the knot, I guess. But. To put a, a point on uh, uh, Travis, you talking about why they get um, Kim Delaney to drive up. You're telling me that you don't understand why this movie that is a complete ode to um, male ego and their ability to do whatever they want, whenever they want, that they wrote in that uh, uh, David Rand's dick is so magic that this lady's going to drive for like how many hours it's like two hours <laughs> to yeah. come down to some oh yeah so they can finish what they started in the shower nowhere. at the beginning of the movie <sighs> makes sense valid point also yeah you i mean it's very evident because you look at the other female actresses in this movie and it's like it's her and the bartender and that's literally and that's it, it. Yeah. And, and then there's the the oh there's women. a couple of the women well, in that, oh in the yeah the women group. at the at the group yeah yeah, and then I'm guessing she was either a member of the family or she was like the one bef- they kidnapped before her to like, yeah. and then she's like brainwashed, so she helps. You know, no, it maybe. seemed that way. Like oddly enough, it did seem that way because when they have that thing with the bartender, like after the fa- after the fight, and whatnot, or maybe it's before the fight, 
it, it does seem like she's like, I'm not sleeping with him. And it almost seemed like they were about to force her to sleep with the four guys. Yeah. So yeah, I, I think there is some like logic to that theory there because it does seem like, yeah, maybe she was a visitor before and they kind of brainwashed her and now they have her bartending. Wow, you guys and, are, uh, you guys are blowing my mind here. I am man, kind of I, adding some backstory here. When I, when I see a movie, I'm going to, I'm going to create whatever fiction I have to, to make it fit my narrative. Right. These guys are fucking geniuses and they should have deserved an Oscar for this screenplay. Well, but I mean, Travis is backing you up here. He's saying yeah. uh, that, that, that plays. I, so. That plays out to me. Yeah. That plays out in my head. It makes sense. All right. Moving on. <laughs> um, well, okay. What's the next confrontation? It's the one where the 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 well, the, the rangers show. We didn't up, really right? talk about this, so we we've got the rangers come. Well, mm-hmm. I can tell about that. Like the they come, they in the nick of time, they save the right because they're about to of hunters. Because Clue is getting his ass kicked yeah. in that fight. Is and, that by uh, Drago? And then, uh, yeah, and then there's some shooting yep. at, the, at that point, uh, and then it looks like things are going to go bad for them because they're kind of surrounded yep. by. Uh, by all the hillbillies. And this is when everything really pops off. So now they go off, they get ambushed. Well, not quite because the cops come and they take those guys away. They're like, oh, we finally, well, we finally caught these guys. And, you know, Redbeard's like, oh, we'll, we'll find a way to fucking kill you guys. Yeah. And they're like, well, I guess we're going to keep hunting. <laughs> like, yeah. here we go again. <laughs> because obviously they, they rounded up all of them. Well, you saw them all run away. Yeah. There yeah. was a bunch that ran away. Yeah. I mean, that's what I mean. Like, there's not these fucking hicks in the trees. Like these are, well, they just seem very unconcerned about they're it. They're woods like, people. And you know, clue clearly thinks that he can take on anybody at any time. The hubris. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know why, but he is like, yeah, I'm fucking tough. I'm fucking like John Rambo out here in these woods. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the uh, other guy's fucking Steve McQueen with his driving skills. Like they're just a, they're just the best of the best. Uh, but this and not long after that, that the other hillbillies help Redbeard and his crew escape, and uh, of course they come back at them. And then is this the point that one guy dies? Almost. Yeah. Which which one of them dies first out of the group? The the uh, son goofy, of uh, the son of. Um, oh yeah. So Ralph, I think his name is. Yeah, yeah. which I feel like you can kind of tell in the beginning of the movie that, you know, if one of these people in this Bronco is going to die, I I feel like either him or Joey are probably the two logical ones. But I feel like he just his lies are his lines are limited. I mean, he's not even in the bar scene because he chooses to sit out in the Bronco and drink from his bottle. So I feel like that's kind of, uh, you know, uh, a, a forward of what was about to happen to him. So. Yeah, I feel like that was kind of predictable. Um, and you you had mentioned too. I think it's kind of to draw an analogy to live to Deliverance. But you have someone like you know in Deliverance, you have Burt Reynolds, who is this you know badass, mm-hmm. mega alpha male, you know everything, blah blah blah. And he gets hurt in the movie, and it's up to John Voight to kind of take over. I almost feel like they kind of took that verbatim with you right. know Clue being the Burt Reynolds character. And then you have, you know, Sam Bottoms as the John Voight character. And because, you know, Sam Bottoms comes across as like the, you know, the romantic type, the the good he's boy. He's a doctor. He's like, he's a know, doctor. He's, yeah. He's not uh, necessarily the one you think is going to have to be 
the one to kind of take them all on at the end. But yeah, that falls to him. Yeah. yeah. And then he comes out I of don't... the show and yeah. He's like, I don't kill people, I heal people. <laughs> Is that a line in the movie? No. It should have been. <laughs> it should have been, yeah. Jeez. Uh, um, so, yeah. So, then when they're having the shootout, like, Clue gets shot, but he's still alive. And so, basically, he's like, you got to drag my dad out of here. He tells, like, Swoford and... Uh, and is it is it Marty that's still left at that point? Yeah, Marty is still left yeah. there, yeah. And yeah, he's like, you guys take him out because he's going to die if he doesn't get medical attention. He's like, follow the moon, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just starts stalking these guys. And, the, and finally, he gets to he finally gets to go hunting properly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The stab in the throat. That was a that was a fun one. It was just so oh, awkward. I love that one. That's what I like about it is that it's awkward. It's like slow and like it's a guy who has never killed anyone killing someone right so that actually kind of comes across a bit. but it's kind of like if you've ever like worked on something where you're using like say a drill and you're screwing something in or you're cutting something to like do it towards your body just <laughs> seems so yeah unnatural wrong yeah. and so he like he's right behind him and he takes the knife and stabs it right into his neck while he's standing directly behind him. <laughs> he's inexperienced in these matters. <laughs> he's a surgeon. Well, so. for somebody who's so inexperienced, this guy fucking he terminators does, he, everybody. He does well. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does very well. And I I do say that, that kind of shit always does take me out of everything a little bit. Maybe that's just like stupid. But I'm like, there's no backstory to him like having a pass. Like a, no, yeah, that's true. Because you're not really like... You're not. It goes a complete different direction than I was expecting. He's pushed to a point, John, where he just he's needs to. He's not going to take this shit he, anymore. Yeah. It's he's, his he's girlfriend. So, that that's what did it. No, he doesn't know his girlfriend. Oh, his girlfriend's not there yet. No, he doesn't know until later <laughs> on when that guy's like, "I'm going to fuck her in front of you." Yeah, you right. Sick freak. Um, I think I I guess I was thinking of it in my mind like, well, it is. It would be easier as like one guy to sort of track and kill the other guys because there's a bunch of them in a group and stuff like that and now that you know you're harder to find because it's just you but yeah i mean you do have to sort of let the movie <laughs> tell yeah. you this thing like it's yeah. not it's not realistic absolutely yeah. but uh, do you have a favorite kill travis hmm, that's a great question i mean the knife one honestly i, I think yeah. because like you guys said it's just because it's so awkward um i mean i liked the guy that's skinned alive there's like little things in this movie that I feel like the first time viewer, uh, I don't know if you guys felt this way, but when you went in, did you feel like it was going to be as, as violent as that actually is? Cause I feel like it doesn't perceive itself that way. Yeah. Like it, it takes a while before that stuff really starts happening. Right. So yeah, I wasn't it's sure definitely how... approach. Yeah. And then it does get pretty gory in those last 30 minutes or so. Um, I'm not like all time glory or anything, but but for this movie, like, oh, James, you should go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I was actually hoping there was more violence and more gore. James is our resident gore whore. So Uh, (laughs) I I love, I love the, the blood and guts and gore. So, uh, but it took so long to get to that point and kind of lost you on the way. Yeah. There is a lot of just like, okay, well, we're going to go hunting now. Like there is a lot of that. Like, I feel like when I watched it before our interview, um, I was just like, 
you know, really trying to analyze it so I could bring some credential stuff to this podcast uh, <laughs> with my with my hunter's blood knowledge. And uh, yeah, I was watching it. And, you know, when you guys had me send over the ratings, I was like, you know, the pacing is really the one thing that, you know, holds this movie down because, yeah, there, there's just so much. And it's just like, OK, they're gone now. We can go back to hunting. Okay, they're gone. Like so back and forth, and you know, yeah, the the, the blood and stuff doesn't really happen until, I mean, probably closer to the hour mark. Yeah, and then then that sort of all happens in a quick succession. But mm-hmm. I, I think you know, it, it's not necessarily an uncommon way to do certain thrillers and horror films where you have kind of a slow burn that builds to a crazy finish. It's just that I'm not sure that the way that they paced it in this movie totally works because while the actors are good, the dialogue they have between each other isn't necessarily always the greatest. So you're Mm -hmm. kind of like waiting for something like, you know, it's not necessarily lots of funny stuff lines between them or interesting topics they're discussing necessarily. So you're kind of waiting for like, all right, when's this going to like get going Uh, at least as a first time watch, it might be different. Like, as a repeat watch because you know what to expect so you're kind of ready for it but yeah you kind of like almost black out during the like the, <laughs> the, the campfire scenes like the conversation scenes um because you're just like it's especially with as many times as i've fucking watched it it just like blends all in so yeah when it comes to like you know them passing around the bottle or them passing around the joint like all of that stuff blends together. So like all of the narrative parts of Hunter's blood are just kind of chunked in once you start watching it more and more. Um, and I feel like it doesn't drag as much, but you could also go back and watch it tomorrow and be like, yeah, this movie still really drags. So, you know, right. I, I do think it does have pacing issues. James, do you have, is your favorite kill? You don't, you don't care for the knife kill that much. Do you like, you like I the mean, face getting blown off? <laughs> I, I like to kill the knife kill just cause it is kind of awkward. It's kind of, it stands out, I guess. Yeah. Um, I do like the guy getting his head blown off. I wish, you know, there was like more of it. <laughs> I want to see a few more well, of those he headshots. On it. Yeah. Um, uh, but I also like, you know, they have the guy like skinned hanging um i like that kind of stuff like i like all that kind of like the blood and guts and like they're they're gutting the deer and it's just so dirty and yeah it's just grimy yeah uh i can't remember how does how does one eye die he he comes and has a confrontation there and he gets hit. Does she hit him with a gun or something? And then like that's kind of it. Like I feel like it's something very basic. Yeah, I don't think it's you know. I, I feel like, like he, he should have gotten a more a creative bigger. kill. Yeah, yeah. He seems like he deserved like a better ending than he gets in the movie because he just was always ever present with his maniacal laughter throughout the whole thing. Uh, it felt like he should have been one of the more significant kills. Um, yeah and i feel like too he like it would also make sense if like he was the last like bad guy at the very end because i feel like they gave him the most you know screen time and even though he's not quote unquote the leader i i feel like it would have still made sense if yeah he either got a a bigger kill or if he did last until the kind of the finale scene but no no yeah very kind of just lackadaisical kill for him well, uh, or even if they had, you know, we had that end scene where he shoots Redbeard and he flies off the train, uh, like Broken Arrow style. 
and then <laughs> uh, if you you know we get the we get the shot of the what's the company the meat company it's razorback meat razorback meat so we if we saw that and then if you had a shot where it actually showed one eye kind of like climbing on the outside of the train like he was going to come back that could be sort of <laughs> Your ending. Maybe I'm overdoing it. <laughs> I, mean, yeah, I like no, it. No. I like it. Yeah, I like it too. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, Redbeard looks the most imposing, right? But he doesn't actually yeah. like say a whole lot throughout the movie. Yeah. Uh, even, you know, Billy Drago has more lines. Um, the, the actor that you guys just brought up that was in A Million Things, I forgot his name already. Uh, he has more lines than Redbeard, Mickey Jones. Um so yeah, Redbeard's almost comes off as an, a bit of an afterthought, even though he does look like he's probably the most badass of them. Well, I think it's just like everyone knows he's the leader. Everyone does their thing. You know, you got the everyone fits a certain category or a certain right. character role. So he doesn't have to say much, but it just so yeah. They what what happens next? Okay, so how do they capture uh, uh, Sam Bottoms there? Or what's the his name? Yeah, yeah there's that logs. like fight sequence with him and and Drago, um, which if you like, I think it's like an IMDb trivia thing, or maybe it was like a YouTube comment. It's uh, a lot of commenters are calling out that scene because I guess there's a major continuity issue. Um, it like mm. I guess uh, I didn't even notice it, and then I read the comment, but it was like if you look at this one scene, he's holding the knife in this hand, and then it magically pops up in his left oh. hand. So yeah, I guess there was a lot of continuity things with the the, the Drago thing. Um, again, it just all of it just kind of that. I would say there's like a good twenty to twenty five minute time frame where it just all blends together. Um, right. Not really the best way to describe a movie that you absolutely <laughs> love, but <laughs> it is weird how there's it's just like just this. There's this your... It's a blur. Yeah, it's just a soup. <laughs> And you're just kind of like, then you, you come out of your soup coma and you're like, oh shit, there's a movie happening. And then you get reinvested. So yeah, it's weird that I like this it's movie. interesting but, viewing experience. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, but yeah, once they've captured him and then you have all that stuff with Mickey Jones and uh, they've got him tied up to the raft and they bring out his girlfriend because of course she, she showed up to the bar looking for him and the, okay. the hillbillies are like, Oh yeah, I know the fellers who drive that truck because <laughs> she describes their vehicle. And she just hops in. And... Yeah, she's like, "Oh yeah, sure, take me there." Very trusting. Um, but I love how these guys are just like, "Oh yeah, we got some some fresh blood here that we're just like <laughs> these guys will do anything." I mean, they'll poach, they'll kill people, they'll. They'll, they'll fuck, they'll fuck anything. They'll fuck, they'll fuck dead anything. bodies. I mean, that's always the implication, <laughs> I feel like, in these types of movies, these backwoods, you know, hillbillies movies. There's always this, like, oh, the hillbillies are going to fuck you. Like, that is one of the major concerns, <laughs> always. Uh, even if you go into, like, more modern stuff, like Wrong Turn, or, I mean, that just got a remake I haven't, I haven't watched yet, but uh, this is a genre that's persisted through all the years. Like, it's always sort of one of the uh I, I, another movie i was thinking about while i was watching this was the final terror have you ever seen that oh my gosh we could do another episode like starting now about the final terror <laughs> talk about another movie i absolutely love yeah final terror is uh i think final terror has it the best when it comes to scenery uh yeah, i just feel like yeah. those northern california woods those just giant trees um it's just such a gorgeous 
scenario. Yeah, it feels it feels and, a lot more yeah. like atmospheric, but it's also yes. similarly paced in a way. Like it's a slow mm-hmm. to get going kind of movie, but it feels like it's a little bit more luxuriating in that location than uh, than you get in a, in Hunter's Blood. Like it, in this movie. You're, they're not really shooting any like beautiful scenery. They're in the woods. And they're in the woods. They're just Very, in the woods. Like, just like the there's woods. no. Yeah. Yeah. There's no nice scenery. There's no nice wide shot. There's just like they're just in the woods. Yeah. That's it. You're not getting you know a river or any or a stream or a, a cliff. Anything. I, it's. Just, I think uh, the nicest shot is the shot of the hilly bill hillbilly shack. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the nicest shot of like mm-hmm. the water with the rowboat and the hillbilly shack with the slave women there. It's beautiful. <laughs> Paint a picture for me, James. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, don't you just want to go there, Dustin? <laughs> yeah. But it smells terrific too yeah. inside. hundred <laughs> percent. It is funny though. Cause like you, you talk about that and it's like, there really is no, you know, a lot of with these backwoods horror movies, there is some kind of scenery. There is some kind of, you know, quote unquote beauty to it. But you watch something like Hunter's blood and it's just like, you know, yeah, your, your friend's backyard that also happens to have, you know, <laughs> a bunch of trees behind it. It's, it's very flat. Um, there's no rapids, you know, there, I think even when they're fishing or washing off, it's like a small Creek. So there's really no kind of, you know, you, you expect the scenery and you kind of get let down by it, but it's also the appeal of this movie because it is so <laughs> different in that regards. Like it's just all flat land, no rafting scenes, but. Well, know, but like James again, is saying, yeah. like no wide shots. So like everything's None. in close, mm-hmm. um, even rituals, which we were talking about earlier, like there's a lot of panned out or even like possibly like helicopter shots where it's like, here's the isolation of this place. Like you are in the middle of nowhere with no connection to society and uh, what's going on with other people. And you get that sense in those movies, which, you know, really elevate those movies. Whereas yeah. this, we're just like... Yeah, here's Marty. Yeah, here we are. We're just gonna follow him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I feel like yeah, the big carrying thing is is definitely the actors. You know, I feel like the actors carried this because yeah, we're it's again we're we're analyzing this and it's like I guess from my perspective, it's like I'm so obsessed with this movie that you guys bring you know the first viewing experiences to me, and I'm like. Yeah, you know, it's it's just like filming someone's backyard, but there's also a bunch of really good actors involved. Um, there is an interesting plot going on, but then, yeah, you guys are like, well, it's not really that scenic, you know, really the only scenic part is the the hillbilly shed. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird. You, it's little things that you don't, when you're obsessed with something, I guess you don't really, you don't really look at, but yeah, right. very, yeah, very boring of, uh... scene. <laughs> hey, I mean, like, I don't want to tear down your comfort movie. Hey, you're not going to. <laughs> but we will once, <laughs> once we get to the ratings. To <laughs> once we get to the ratings. So, I don't know. Should we get to the ratings? Yeah, or? we could. Uh, let's get to our scores. Travis, I guess uh, you're the guest, so we will let you go first. And, <laughs> and then we'll all come in with our much lower scores. <laughs> all righty. Let me bring mine up so I have them in front of me here. Okay. So, for the first one, I've got plot. I gave it a six out of 10. 
Um, I do feel like, although a very generic kind of plot, especially once we've seen movies like Deliverance and Rituals, uh, I gave it the extra, you know, normally I'd give it a five, but I gave it the extra six just because of based what I've mentioned earlier, you know, these guys are so persistent about hunting. (laughs) And I feel like in other movies when this happens, they just go home. You know, or there's they try to go home, but they don't get home. These guys, they want to stay in the woods. So I gave the plot a six um, action kills when it is happening. I gave it an eight um, just because I really do like the kills. Uh, it's again, I love things like deliverance and rituals, but there's times in those movies where I wish there was a little bit more, you know, bit more graphic edge material to the, to the violence, <laughs> more edge. Cause I feel like it adds to the, the realness of being outdoors and, you know, so I, I do give this a, an eight, which I'm sure is a, a fairly high number for this particular one. Uh, pacing, I gave it a four out of 10, which we've discussed, you know, mm-hmm. even though I love this movie, uh, there is a reason why it's so comforting and I fall asleep is because it is paced very slowly. Uh, you really don't get into anything until that maybe hour long mark uh, but prior to that you know you do get a bunch of funny one-liners uh, you do get some really good acting you get a bronco commercial but there's still a lot of pacing <laughs> issues um, quotes and tropes seven uh, there are a lot of good ones in here i think one of them <sighs> yeah give me a, give me a, an example here because i i didn't go nearly as high on quotes and tropes <laughs> uh, i have to give you one now i gotta find it Okay, so the one line that I was trying to butchered it horribly is Ralph goes, uh-oh, is that the killer weed from the roots from hell? So I like that line a lot. And then to me, they should drop, because there's like, uh, on the VHS cover, there's like, you know, only in space they hear you scream type thing, uh, very like alien ripoff. This to me should be on the VHS cover. Posted signs don't mean buzzard shit. That is by far my favorite line in the whole movie. I should memorize it better, but that is like when it comes to quotes and tropes, that's my favorite. And I then think that one pers- would actually be Redbeards. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because he has those. You know, when he delivers a line in this movie, he delivers it because it's a very, <laughs> it's a very silent man. He's more ominous than anything else. So you know, personal reaction. Yes, I'm going above and beyond and. I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. Um, just, uh, you know, again, it's a guilty pleasure movie. It's yeah. a comfort movie. Um, I think if, uh, I feel like if I viewed it less, I probably would like it less. And uh, I think it's good that I continue it looping around in my brain, at least <laughs> on a, a somewhat frequent basis. Uh, there's definitely not a moment during the day or during the week where one of the rock country songs doesn't play in my head Uh, i I think about hunter's blood way too fucking much they actually should get me just to do the whole vinegar syndrome behind the scenes commentary like yeah christ i'm probably the only you gotta do the commentary track (laughs) i'm probably the only person that's like this ridiculously obsessed with this movie but yeah 10 out of 10 for me um the only thing like i said you know biggest thing that hurts this movie is indeed the pacing all right. Well, so your overall score is a seven, then seven. Okay. okay. Yeah. Which is higher than what I gave Trapped in Paradise. Just for the record, I gave Trapped in Paradise <laughs> wow. a six point six. 
Well, I mean, Trapped in Paradise lost a lot of points on kills. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it doesn't have any? It only got a one on kills. <laughs> uh, John, what about you? What do you got here? Uh, so I'll go through everything really quickly. Um, plot five, kills five, pacing three, quotes five, and my reaction is a four. So overall, it's a 4.4. I feel like you've, uh, Travis, you've convinced me, though, that... Maybe there's more to it. Maybe I just, you know what? Maybe I just want to see more. <laughs> I want it to be deeper than it is. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that might just be me putting my own my own shit on this movie. But I'm, uh, it's not my favorite movie by any stretch of the imagination. But I'm glad I watched it, which is more than can be said for a lot of fucking movies we've watched on here. It's more than can be said for most people who've never heard of this movie. <laughs> yeah, I do want to ask you about a movie after this, though. A, a couple films okay. that I want your opinions. Uh, well, for myself, I had plotted a five. I had uh, kills at a six, pacing a four, quotes and tropes four. My overall reaction was a three, which brings me to a 4.4. 4. Uh, James, you, I think James is our notorious lowest rater. So. Yeah, so for me, plots a five, kills five, pacing three, quotes and tropes three, overall reaction three, with an overall score a 3.8. I, th- <laughs> I think um, this is probably a prime example of a movie that um, when I watched it, all those scores like make sense to me. But it's one of those movies that like the more you talk about it with other people and if you were to watch it again and then talk about it again that you could it slowly grows on you and well that's what he's describing here yeah it's like a exactly fungus. That's what so, I want from you guys. that's why i'm here yeah <laughs> so you know um it's for me the big one was the pacing it's very slow yes. um and i just wish there was more killing earlier on in the movie more killing please um but overall so overall that gives us a score of 4.9 where would that put it on our list here we're gonna have to maybe debate between shakedown bad boys the purge anarchy and raw force oh wow so now what we normally do travis is we have to decide where it goes amongst those because it's tied with these other movies. Have you ever seen Shakedown with Sam Elliott? And, I haven't seen uh, Shakedown. I've seen Bad Boys. Yeah, Bad Boys surprisingly low on our list. Um, the I Purge Anarchy. <laughs> Purge, I mean, that's like the low. Out of all the ones you named, I haven't seen that one, but I probably definitely put it at the very bottom of the barrel. John is our resident Purge fan. I don't know what it is about those movies, man. Like they hey man, get, I don't I like I, I like a movie that has the the pace of a soup bowl, so you know, yeah, I'm not going to judge you at all. I, I don't I just think I'm not going to fight for those movies, but I, I it's the it's the one series where I've watched every one except for the newest one, I should say. I even watched the TV show. Well, damn. And then Raw Force was the last. Have you ever seen Raw Force? It's like a 80s movie where these guys that do martial arts, they go to this island in the philippines and they fight these undead monks and stuff i mean it's pretty bonkers it should actually be higher it's a fun that's a fun movie uh really stupid and trashy but really fun uh well james do you got a you got an idea where you would put this uh i'd put it last 
Yeah, probably right. behind raw force. Oh man, um, he's so he's brutal. Just fucking knife turn. Uh, I'm sorry, I just it's an awkward that's... knife turn. Hey man, it's better to just pop that cyst and get it over with, right? It is. Yeah. Yes, it is. Uh, I would probably want to watch raw force uh, first. Um, I just remember that movie being like wacky. Yeah. yeah. So, that eh, it goes last. So behind raw force, John. I have no opinion on this. <laughs> Come on. This is what we do this here. This is our whole thing. I know, but... Just because we have a guess, you don't want to... You don't want to... I get it. You don't want to hurt his feelings. Yeah. He, he loves Hunter's blood. blood. I'm going to put it... Because I think Raw Force should actually be ahead of everything, and I think it will be if we redo it. Uh, I'm going to put it behind Raw Force for now. All right. I, I got to concur with these boys on this one. But Travis, where would you put it if you had your if you had your way? Is it I better mean, than bad boys? If I had my way, it would be a little higher on the charts. But, you know, I think out of all the ones you listed, it's like to me, you know, based on what you said, I feel like Hunter's Blood, Raw Force and Bad Boys are probably like my my, my favorites. Um, but, you know, yeah, if I could, Hunter's Blood should be out of the the 4.9 section and maybe <laughs> yeah maybe the end of the 9.9 section but, you know, right know. that's rarefied air right there <laughs> um yeah so sadly it, it does become the new num wonder uh number 131 yeah <laughs> on the I list it's on you <laughs> think it's on the list though it's on uh, there <laughs> do you have like five more minutes so i can ask you just a couple more questions yes and if okay. anything, guys, I'm glad that I got three people to watch this movie. So, you know. Yeah, you're yeah, sort like, of an evangelist of sorts. Yeah. <laughs> if, if, you, if, I can get, if we can each get three people and they can get three people, <laughs> I mean, I think we can really make something of this. Um, I want to ask you a question. Release, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. So I just want to ask you about our bottom five. Okay. Uh, so I, we've never done this before, but I want to give you, I'm going to give you our bottom five uh, starting at our fifth lowest and I just want your reaction if you've seen them, if you have an opinion of them, and okay. what you think. Okay, so uh, number 171, we have The Exterminator. I love The Here's, Exterminator. I love Exterminator yeah. 2 more, but I do love Exterminator. Oh, so we got to do two on this I, I guess show, we guys. Gotta, yeah. <laughs> so we got to relook at The Exterminator. Okay. Number our, our, our fourth lowest rated movie is Ghost Rider. The, the Nicholas Cage movie. one. Yeah. yeah. I've never seen it, so can't really. No opinion. Take okay. our word for it. It's pretty bad. We are number, our third lowest movie is Proud Mary. Have you seen Proud Mary? Haven't seen Proud Mary, no. It came out a couple years ago. Yeah, it was a Taraji B. Henson. I think it was, it was meant to be like a throwback, black exploitation kind of action movie. Okay. But it was really weak. Yeah. Uh, number two worst movie is The Octagon. Oh, the Chuck, Chuck Norris. Norris movie? Yeah. Uh, I mean... It, it, to me, it's like with every other like Van Damme, Chuck Norris, Steven Seagal movie, like I'll definitely watch it, but I'm definitely not going to like jump on a podcast with you guys and, and talk about <laughs> it. So it's, it's one of those movies. But yeah, no, I, I don't mind it. It's to me, it's a Chuck Norris movie. My lowest rated movie, our lowest rated movie with a score of 0.5. Oh, shit. Uh, have you seen a little film called Ballistic X versus Sever? No. Oh, that's I was hoping you would have seen it. Yeah, it was Antonio Banderas and Lucy Liu was like actually like a big production. Um, I think it's on the list of it was at least at one point on like the biggest box office bombs of all time. 
Yeah, it's it's truly atrocious. So don't worry, Hunter's Blood way better okay, than Ballistic X versus. And we made ourselves watch uh, Ballistic X versus Ever. <laughs> it wasn't even you, and we weren't even forced to watch it by somebody else. <laughs> well, I think we should probably wrap it up, um, Travis. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. Before you leave, can you just tell everybody like where to find you and uh, what's going on? Okay, so yeah, uh, Travis Ayers. Um, you can find me on Instagram, Travis underscore Ayers. Um, also on Facebook, less interaction there, same name. Um, look out for my movie, Cyst, which uh, should, like I said, you know, it's getting a German Blu-ray release next month and look for a US-Canada release probably sometime early next year. Also be on the lookout. Uh, we're actually premiering next week at the Salem Horror Fest. Miracle Valley, which is the directorial debut of Greg Sestero. And then also on the plate, we've got Infrared, which is a found footage movie directed by Robert Living, starring Greg Sestero. So three really fun, three really different projects uh, on the horizon for me. And yeah, uh, watch Hunter's Blood. Like that's, <laughs> you know, that's, I'd that's say really watch my, that's my first. Like, goal is just to get people to watch this movie and at least know about it. Um, Cause it is one of like, I feel like I'm one of those ones too, where I can name really obscure movies. Like for a while there, I could mention uh, the prey and twisted nightmare to people and would get no reactions, but now they both have uh, right. releases. Now they're more common to, to discuss, but you know, Hunter's Blood is still one of the ones that it's like still okay, obscure. I gotta, I gotta keep pushing it because if I keep pushing it, more people will talk about it, and then it'll turn into a Blu-ray release. Which oh, is that's should. what you're doing here. This is like this whole thing is just, just for you to, just yeah, to get a Blu-ray release for your favorite movie. This <laughs> isn't even my movie. I didn't do a movie called Miracle Valley. I didn't do a movie called Infrared. I'm literally here. That's a lot of backstory. Three, three strangers from Canada to watch Hunter's Blood. That's that's why. <laughs> Well, we really appreciate you being on the podcast and I appreciate that you making us watch this movie because now I, uh, I'm going to try to make some other people watch this movie. Please do. Yes. Please going to carry it on. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much. And, yeah, uh, everybody so listening, uh, thank you guys for listening. Check us out on letterboxd and everything else. Our Instagram, Instagram. Yeah. Check us out action, action podcast on Instagram. That's you'll find links to everything hopefully soon and we'll see you next week.